0: finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, I'm Shawna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we have a Millennial Music Chat with singer Ellie Holcomb.
1: This week on Millennial Money Lifestyle Thursday, you're in for a special musical treat. So, some artists, they follow a creative poetry in their songwriting. Some artists may be born to shine on stage in front of thousands of people, and some artists, they follow a higher calling. Singer-songwriter Ellie Holcomb falls into all three categories and is one special soul that permeates each note and each song lyric. Holcomb just released her newest album, Red Sea Road. And even though this album deals with a lot of life issues like loss, heartache, and even trust in the crazy times and crazy world that we live in, ultimately this album feels very positive and almost empowering at times. Now, Ellie Holcomb is not the only Holcomb that we've had to appear on Millennial Money. You may remember her very talented singer-songwriter husband, Drew, appearing a few months ago on a Nashville episode that we had. Well, these Holcombs, they are a powerhouse of creativity and two of the nicest people you ever want to meet. So enjoy our chat with Ellie Holcomb as she dishes about her new album, Red Sea Road, how she does not let fear drive her life, and how she went from being a science teacher to be a working singer songwriter today. Thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it.
2: Absolutely. Love being here.
1: Awesome. So a couple months ago, uh, we had your husband, Drew, on our podcast talking about his new awesome album. Uh, And you've been a part of his band, The Neighbors, for for many years. And, you know, people don't know your story. You also grew up in a music family with your dad being a producer and stuff like that did what were you kind of listening to what music were you listening to as uh you know as a youngster, a young singer songwriter that made you kind of want to get into the music business
2: great question um so my dad um pretty much played us whatever he was working on (laughs) (laughs) because that's what he was listening to um and then, uh, so I kind of listened to whatever he was had his hands in, and really got to hear from him um, whatever it was. I loved Amy Grant growing up, so anything that he ever did of hers, I just thought, oh my goodness, I want to be like her when I grow up. So um, I feel like most girls in the '80s felt right. that way about. it. Right, exactly. Um, so I loved that, but then we also listened to a lot of the Beatles, um, and then in high school I got into ben harper mm-hmm. patty griffin indigo girls is how i learned to sing harmony okay. um and so it was a bunch of those kind of more singer songwriter records david gray um that made me want to start writing my own songs also really random but dina carter i jammed out to that and <laughs> it's like in the country world which i didn't listen to country that much but for some reason i had did i shave my legs for this and i was having my heart broken a lot so i was i'll call myself like a bad version of taylor swift (laughs)
1: that's (laughs) great college nice so and and you and and drew your husband uh you guys have two small kids and stuff do you do you think it's easier because you guys you grew up in the music business you married a musician is it easier you know you're doing your life on a day-to-day basis because you guys are musicians
2: uh, because both of us. Both are, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah that's You know what? It does help a lot. It's so funny because, um, having grown up around the music business, I actually swore that I would never marry <laughs> a musician. Right. And I was like, I, for sure, I got my master's in education. Mm. I taught for two years and loved it swore that I would never do music. I always knew I would sing and write songs. Cause that's just sort of how I process life. So it, I think God has a sense of humor because <laughs> I literally am like, I will never be a, musician, I will never marry one. And here I am doing music with my husband who is a musician. So we, I tell you what is really cool about, um, both doing it, even though the schedule is absolutely insane because we're in and out of town sometimes at the same time, you know, it's just a crazy schedule and a kind of crazy life, but we get it. So like, um, I get that when Drew comes home, even though he's been out and maybe I've been home with the kids, I know that it's just not all fun and games on the road. Like he's working and he's tired from traveling when he comes home. So there's sort of a mutual understanding of, of the joys of doing music and being on the road and then of, um, the hardships and the struggle and the ache of wanting to be home even though you love your job, you miss your kids and your community at home. So I'm grateful for that mutual understanding and respect that we have for each other.
0: Yeah. And, um, so many of our listeners, you know, are kind of, you know, the millennial generation is a huge sort of generation of dreamers and kind of taking different, you know, charting different courses, And what would you tell, uh, you know, maybe some tips or advice of anybody listening to the podcast that, you know, maybe like you were where, you know, you had this passion and yet, you know, you were also happy in your career teaching and, you know, what kind of advice would you give to someone who's kind of in that state of flux?
2: Yeah. They're trying to decide where, yeah, where they go. You know, um, I would say, I, I think in a lot of ways, for a while fear is what kept me from doing music. (laughs) Um, I think I was scared of how it would affect my family. I was scared of failing. Um, and I think at the end of the day, I got to this place where, um, I felt like I was going to always wonder what, you know, the music thing could have been like Drew. I remember we were in a deer blind in Texas, which is a really random place, but that's where my grandmother grew up on a ranch down there. It was Thanksgiving break. And Drew asked me in this deer blind, he's like, would you be willing? I know you love teaching. I know you're passionate about that. So it wasn't that I was unhappy in my job at all. Um, but he just said, would you be willing to come join my band and travel with me? And I think there was a part of me that said, okay, that totally freaks me out because I am the consistent paycheck here. I'm the insurance, you know, all of those consistent things through, um, my job. But I think there was a part of me that just said, I'm going to always wonder what that would have been like if I don't try it. And I'm really glad that I didn't let fear keep me from trying the thing that sort of felt like, A really far off dream. Um, And it's not that we've been um, without failure or without hardship on this journey for sure, but I think more than anything, I've learned from those failures, I've learned from those seasons that were hard. And uh, it's been a really fun adventure.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t shirts. a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit, I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash ETM for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash ETM to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash ETM. I'm going to be real with you. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's monarchmone dot slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial.
1: So, but, but you also were with the Neighbors for many years. You've, you've released albums in the past before. Uh, when, when did you decide this time to go, hey, you know what, I want to strike out on my own? I mean, was, was that like a fear, a fear thing too?
2: Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I never I'm I I'm a fearful person, so I I know uh I that's not what I want to be and I'm totally growing in that. Um a lot of times like a, a phrase that I tell myself that I've heard several people say is just do it scared. Yeah. And that's just what I do a lot of the times. So I I never would have thought um that I would have been making my own music. Drew, my husband, is awesome, and he really is the one that, like, Breathed courage into me. Um, I had kind of decided to quit the band uh, mainly because we had our little girl on the road with us for the whole first year of her life, and um, it was kind of great until she started wanting to walk. All, of, all over the place <laughs> when she turned one, I think she went to thirty-two states in Canada by the time she was six months. Wow. By the time she years, she'd been in most of those thirty-two states again. And when she started walking, she was we were having to like you know we were in a sprinter at the time. So she was in a car seat for like six or seven hours a day, you know, like on the road in a different hotel room every night. And I just felt like I was keeping a little puppy in a kennel, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean different. Cause she's a person and she was not in a kennel, but yeah. you know, it, like, <laughs> I just felt like, um, I was like, I think I'm supposed to be like, I just need to stay home with her. Like, this has been a really fun, season we did eight and a half years of doing music together and I just was like, I think I'm supposed to be a stay at home mom. Meanwhile, I've been writing all these songs really to work out my faith. Um I was memorizing um, scripture, some promises from God's word, really in an effort to help me, like I said, I struggle with fear. So to help me kind of kick back at some of the darkness with, with some light. And I was writing music out of that really, I thought, just for myself. And my husband was hearing these songs and he was like, I really think you need to record these and send them out into the world. Did a Kickstarter campaign to fund that record. Felt like I was going to throw up the, the <laughs> night before, you know, you know I'm just like. Oh my gosh, this is, I'm like a people pleaser, perfectionist kind of personality. I call myself a recovering perfectionist. And I'm like, (laughs) if I don't hit this goal, we tried to raise $40,000 in 50 days. And I was like, I'm going to fail. I'm just probably going to fail in front of everybody. And it felt kind of like, um, hitting go on that Kickstarter felt kind of like the Indiana Jones scene where he (laughs) is like stepping out and it looks like it's gonna Like, it looks like he's going to die. That's what it felt. Me, I'm like this is going. I'm gonna die I'm right. doing, this. And, and you're um, still alive, <laughs> and I'm still alive. And here's the deal: like as I took that kind of felt like a huge step of faith Um, because I really did believe in the songs that I was writing. They were they were helpful for my own soul, and so I thought maybe they would be helpful. Or, or beneficial for other people to hear too. So as I stepped out, even though I felt like I was going to die, what I found is the ground has kind of risen up beneath my feet and the view as it turns out is like really beautiful. <laughs> so yep. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that fear didn't keep me stagnant. All
1: right. Well, and, and when you're speaking of your new album, uh, Red Sea Road, which I, I love, I think, I think it's really great. I listened to it several times actually the other day on repeat um nice. and, and so I read though that you were kind of going through some hard times. What kind of motivated you to actually write the album? What what were those things you were going on and did you kind of work them out through through the music?
2: Yeah, you know, I I uh, it. It has been a rough, I would say like three years, really for our people, the people that we're doing life with. So, um, a a lot of loss, a lot of brokenness, everything, um, from really hard broken divorces to people, a friend checking in, to rehab for alcoholism to two dear friends, losing babies. I mean, just the to, to, and then my dad got diagnosed with cancer. I mean, it was just like my mom lost her mom. It was just a lot of pain and a lot of sorrow. And you know, it's so funny on interviews after my first full length record, the one that we funded through Kickstarter, um, everybody always asks, so what's next? What's next? And I'm like, you know, this one scared me to death to do. So I don't even know if I'll ever make another record. Um, I just, I was just like, you know, I, you know, more of my family and more Jesus. He has been so faithful and kind and, um, and maybe more songs if they come, I didn't know if they would. And, So interesting because in the middle of a lot of pain and sorrow and suffering, when it felt like sort of grief was going to drown us, um, our community, um, what I found was that um, God Was drawing really near to us. And there was something really kind of backwards and upside down, but really beautiful about, um, seeing a God who was broken for us draw really near to our breaking hearts. And so I just started, I didn't want to forget that, um, because I just found it pretty profound that in the middle of such deep loss, there could be beauty and hope in the midst, woven into the midst of like deep, deep grief. And so um, there were days that I wanted—I just started writing because I didn't want to forget how that was happening. Mm -hmm. And then there were a lot of days where I was just like, okay, whatever, God, you say that you're good, but this does not feel good. And, um, and so a lot of times I just started writing really for myself to help myself, um, to kind of like boss my soul around Mm -hmm. and to say, okay, I can choose to despair, which is what I feel like doing because this hurts so much, or I can choose to hold on to hope. And so a lot of me writing Red Sea Road and the songs on that record were me fighting for hope. And um and asking God to help me believe that his promises are true and that he's faithful. So one, seeing how he's faithful, not wanting to forget it, and then two on the days where I was forgetting it, going, <laughs> Help I believe. Right. Goodness. So um I really wrote I I'm really a selfish writer. I I've wrote a lot for my own soul. And, um, it's been such a gift to see that kind of somehow ring true in other circumstances, in in other people's stories that I didn't know, you know, I wasn't writing for them, but I think everybody knows what it is to suffer and to lose something. And so, um, anyway, it's been a sweet thing to see those kind of ring true with a lot of different people's stories.
1: Well, I think the album actually comes across to me at least Um, and I, and actually I listened to the album before I kind of read that with the stuff you were kind of struggling through. It really comes to me like it's real positive and almost empowering at times. And yeah, and and even though it's a faith based, um, you know, with my air quotes there, a record, I think, Mm -hmm. I think it transcends like the Christian, the regular Christian, you know, music and stuff these days. And I think that's important to have a real positive message. Is that something you were kind of, that's what the hope that you were kind of hanging on to that you wanted to come across?
2: Yeah. You know, I, I was, uh, thank you so much for saying that. That's like a huge compliment for me. Um, I, I think, um, I, I was kind of captured by this mystery, I guess is the best way to say it, of, um, of, God being really broken and, and, you know, that Jesus was called this man of sorrows and, um, well acquainted with grief, well acquainted with suffering himself and, um, kind of this mystery of God, not feeling super far off, but kind of sitting there with you as everything is crashing down around you Mm -hmm. and, um, weeping with you, um, and i I found a lot of hope in that, um, because you look at the story of the gospel and you look I think it's the most beautiful story that I know um, that someone, Jesus, would suffer and be broken and be buried and then kind of walk out of a grave, kind of representative of of death and all the things that we lose and all the things that break our hearts that God himself would enter into that. Um, so we could know that we're not alone. Uh, I found a lot of hope in that, that there was an empty grave. Um, so like he's kind of been to all these places and walked out of them and maybe we don't have to bury our hope because hope himself entered into all of our mess and was buried for us and then came alive again. <laughs> it's like a really crazy hopeful, story to me. So I was kind of um, sitting in the mystery of that and found a lot of um, a lot of peace and comfort in that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Want to know the number one money question I'm asked? It's how to get started investing without being overwhelmed. So if you're asking yourself the same question, then you have to check out the Investing for Beginners podcast. The host Dave and Andrew, they break down investment terms and strategies in a way you can finally understand. I love that they're making investing accessible, and they have an entire podcast dedicated to helping you invest better. Even if you're not ready to start investing, they explain the stock market and financial updates so you can really understand what is being said on the news. If you're ready to learn more about investing, I'd recommend you start with two of my favorite episodes: Listener Q and A, "How Do You Start Investing with a Thousand Bucks," where they explain how you get started right away. And back to basics of building your portfolio, where they explain how to build a portfolio from scratch. The Investing for Beginners podcast is a great way to start expanding your relationship with money. Find Investing for Beginners podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: Hi, I'm Karina Bemisterfer, host of Morning Cup of Murder, your daily true crime podcast. Yes, you heard me right. Daily true crime. Every day, Morning Cup of Murder tells you a straightforward, short-form story about murder, true crime, cold cases, disappearances, serial killers, cults, and more. And I do that all in under 15 minutes. With over three years of stories and over 20 million downloads, the Morning Cup of Murder podcast has become a staple of so many people's daily routines. So why not add it to yours? Stream Morning Cup of Murder everywhere you listen to podcasts and remember, stay safe.
0: And um, is it is it hard for you, you know, in the writing process or is that something that just comes, you know, from someone I'm, I'm not a, you know, that kind of a writer? Is that is that something that just like maybe you'll you'll just be out and about and all of a sudden, you know, a song will just lyrics will just come to you?
2: It is. It is that it is. I think it's, I think that's when, um, you know, people are like, so what's next? I'm like, I don't know more life. And generally when they're suffering, people ask, where do your songs come from? I'm like suffering, (laughs) which sounds so, it's so funny because the record is so hopeful. A lot of people say that, but it was born out of a lot, like deep, deep sorrow. And I think for me, um, the way that I work through sorrow is just, is to sing. I don't know why. I'm just, it's the way that I'm wired is if I sing then I can believe and I don't feel as alone and, And so, um, yeah, it definitely is like a cathartic, It sort of like wells up within me and comes out most of the time. Unfortunately, when I'm on a plane, uh, which is super awkward to try to like sing into a voice memo, like really close quarters to somebody on a plane or in a car. Um, a lot of times when I am like traveling, um, inspiration hits and I'll go back later and kind of circle around to the melody or the lyric or whatever came to me in that moment. Um. But yeah, it is a joy. It feels extravagant, honestly. Songwriting does to me. And there are certainly times when you're working on something and you're wrestling it down to the ground. But for the most part, it's it's one of my favorite things to do. And it's the way that I process life. It sort of feels like praying mm. in a way, uh, right. for me. Just and and it's doubt and it's joy and it's um remembering um and it's sorrow. It's it's all of those things kind of mixed into one with the melody. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I also really love that. I saw your new video for uh, the single "Find You Here." It's it's really beautifully shot. How did that uh, How did that concept come up, and uh, and how was that the shoot actually?
2: Yeah, we well, we um, I tried to pull in. Uh, women whenever I can. I love, I have a girl, an almost all girl band that I travel with sometimes. And then, um, I know some amazing women doing, doing, um, incredible work in, um, sort of video photography here in Nashville. So I kind of pulled together, we pulled together a team of women. Um, and I think what I wanted to do, I kept wanting there to be, uh, I see a lot of, uh, God in nature and outside. I think, um, the, the, story of redemption and things being really dead. I love the spring because there's a lot that looks like it's just dead and gone. And then like life comes bursting forth. Out <laughs> of it. So I just is like, you know, I would love for this to be, um, capturing some of that. Um, and so we, uh, dr- drove out to the mountains. We actually emailed our, we sent out like a, an email to our fan base and was like, does anybody have a cabin in the woods that we could borrow? And we had a fan say, yes, please come see my cabin. And so, uh, the fire that we had outside of the cabin, that's, that's a fan, which is really special. And, um, we did some research on trails and stuff. Um, just wanting to, and I know wanted it kind of a spot where, I was looking out over sort of a cliff or a valley because that is what this season that we've walked through has felt sort of like a valley season. And so we intentionally kind of worked that into the video, and it was an absolute blast. We found this Hungarian guy who leads hikes and uh brought him some hungarian pasta and so we traded pasta for tips <laughs> on where to go so the waterfall shoot it's just sort of this off the beaten path way that didn't take too long to hike to because we had to carry all the gear so right. we were like we need really beautiful views mm-hmm. with not a long hike can that's you great. help us <laughs> here's some pasta that's awesome <laughs>
1: that's great
0: those are some of the best the best things though when things just kind of come together that way
2: Oh, absolutely. We did have one night where we shot, we were getting, you know, when you're doing um, video or photography, you're usually just chasing the light, you know, like, so you're looking for that perfect golden hour, either at the crack of dawn, which we did on top of the mountain when I'm in the blue dress and then, um, the waterfall, we were getting the end of the daylight. Um, and literally we got so lost on back mountain roads, had no service. So we, the, it, we really were like, this is a good song to sing. Like uh, well, you find us here, <laughs> right right here in the middle of the backwoods of the mountains. And please help us not get attacked by wolves or bears <laughs> or crazy people.
1: Exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly.
2: so, it took us about an hour to get home that night. And we had a lot of good memories from that photo shoot.
1: That's funny. So last question I have for you, uh, that, so I read, uh, you, you, we, before we started recording this, uh, we were talking about your shows, uh, with Drew at the Ryman this past weekend. And I, I saw on social media, you guys had your first date at the Ryman. So that's a nice little.
2: Yes. Is, is that not so fun? <laughs> so, um, Uh, The first time Drew asked me on a date when I said yes, he'd asked me a couple other times before and I'd (laughs) said no. But we were um, in Oxford, Mississippi at a festival called Double Decker, and, and we were watching Emmylou Harris play a show. And um, he said, hey, are you, please tell me that you will let me take you on a date finally. Like he kind of told me before that he wanted to take me, and I was like, yeah, I think, I think I'll let you take me out. That's good. He said, good, because I have tickets to see Patty Griffin at the Ryman so our first official date was um, in the very back row of the balcony at the Ryman Auditorium, May fourteenth of
1: two thousand five. No, <laughs> so no, no
2: that's It, it is really. Right. It was really sweet things. It was all. Aw- almost to the day whose right. uh, birthday's the 13th. And so it was like literally on the same weekend anniversary of our first date. So right. it was a pretty special two days at the Ryman that we just did this past weekend.
1: Right. And it's, and it's a, and it's a nice local gig for you guys and Nashvilleians that you are.
2: It, you know what? There's nothing like it playing <laughs> on show. And we have a lot of really just wonderful support. Drew always says, um, they say a prophet's never welcome in his own town, so I must not be a prophet, because I feel really <laughs> <laughs> embraced <phrase> here. Nice, <laughs> that's
1: awesome. nice. That's great. Uh, so where can people find uh, Red Sea Road on your website or any other uh, place?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of everywhere. Uh, it's iTunes, Amazon Music. Um, it's on Spotify. I know millennials are Spotify listeners. So. Yes. You can check it out on there on the website and, in um, uh, Walmart lifeway Christian stores. Yeah. So it's kind of anywhere you'd look for music. It'll be there.
1: And, and you're also hitting the road to perform more dates coming up too, right? Including a cruise.
2: That's right. A cruise to Alaska. How is this my job? <laughs> wow. Uh, Drew, Drew, um, and his whole family, they're going to, they're going to join us on that. We'll be playing with Amy Grant, Matt Marr. There's a lot of really great musicians on that cruise. So we'll, we're going to do a bunch of crazy excursions, glacier hiking and fly fishing and going to try to see some bears. <laughs> so all, all while playing music at the same time. And,
1: and a nice wraparound uh, playing with Amy Grant too
2: absolutely she is uh, she's become a, a really dear friend i've gotten a tour with her a couple times and uh you know that just feels kind of like a dream come true getting to play music alongside her so
1: well awesome well thanks for coming on the show we we, we uh, totally appreciate it
2: absolutely thanks for taking the time y'all